August 21st, 1921 saw the largest armed uprising in the US at the time since the Civil War. What was this event and what led up to it? Well, let's go back to the coalfields of West Virginia and see how it all came about. It all started with the miners of the area wanting better conditions and treatment from the coal companies. In those days, in those parts, the coal companies owned and controlled everything. They built the towns, homes, general stores, schools, churches and recreational facilities in the remote areas near the mines. Not only that, but they didn't pay the miners money, but a form of currency called a scrip. The scrip was the only currency allowed to be used in the towns, and so the miners and their families were bound to the areas. They also had to lease their tools from the companies and were forced into what were called yellow dog contracts. Contracts that basically said that if you took a job at the mine, you could not associate with anyone in a union and you couldn't join a union. If you did, you were fired, blacklisted and evicted, and in many cases beaten on the way out by the guards just for good measure. Despite these strict rules, the miners over the years did make moves to try and unionise with a view to improving things and enacting change. The mining companies, however, used the Baldwin-Fouts Detective Agency to force labourers to stay in line. They were gun-toting agents who would quite happily drive through a mining community and spray buildings with bullets at any sign of unrest. This often meant that not just the miners, but their wives and their children were injured and killed. All of this led to the first round of serious resistance. In the spring of 1920, a gunfight broke out between Baldwin Fouts agents and a pro-union group which included the West Virginia police chief. Ten people were killed, including the town's mayor. Less than a year later, after the chief was acquitted by a local jury on charges that related to that fight, Baldwin Fouts agents gunned down both the police chief and his deputy on the courthouse steps. This was the spark for the Battle of Blair Mountain. The assassination of the union-supporting police chief and his deputy fired up between 10,000 and 13,000 miners who set about waging war against a force of around 3,000, made up of men of the Baldwin Fouts Company, the coal companies, and eventually even federal troops sent by President Harding. Fights and skirmishes happened across the territory for around a week from the 25th of August. Even though the Baldwin Fouts agents and their fellows were outnumbered, a combination of holding the high ground on Blair Mountain, superior firepower, and even the use of military aircraft to bomb the rebels allowed them to hold out. It was only when the president sent in federal troops that Bill Blizzard, one of the leaders of the uprising, realising that a lot of good miners would be killed in future fighting, put the call out for them to stand down and start heading home. A combined total of around 200 men had died, and after the battle, 985 miners were indicted for murder, conspiracy to commit murder, and treason against the state of Virginia. Some were acquitted by sympathetic juries, but others were imprisoned for years, with the last one paroled in 1925. Ultimately, it was a Pyrrhic victory for the coal companies, because even though the rebels lost the Battle of Blair Mountain, 
In the long term, the battle raised awareness of the appalling conditions miners faced in the dangerous West Virginia coalfields, and years later resulted in a stronger union movement and better conditions for the miners and their families. They set in place a movement that would have a large impact on labour negotiations for years and decades to come. But the ghosts of those dead miners are still out walking around.